Hello again, and welcome back to the Slow Flowers Podcast with Deborah Prinsing, episode 472. This is the weekly podcast about American flowers and the people who grow and design with them. It's all about making a conscious choice, and I invite you to join the conversation and the creative community as we discuss the vital topics of saving our domestic flower farms and supporting a floral industry that relies on a safe, seasonal, and local supply of flowers and foliage. This podcast is brought to you by slowflowers.com, the free nationwide online directory to florists, shops, and studios who design with American-grown flowers and to the farms that grow those blooms. It's the conscious choice for buying and sending flowers. And thank you to Florist Review Magazine. I'm delighted to serve as contributing editor for Slow Flowers Journal, found in the pages of Florist Review. Read our stories at slowflowersjournal.com. Our first sponsor thanks goes to Rooted Farmers. Rooted Farmers works exclusively with local growers to put the highest quality specialty cut flowers in floral customers' hands. When you partner with Rooted Farmers, you are investing in your community and you can expect a commitment to excellence in return. Learn more at rootedfarmers.com. I'm so pleased today to welcome Hermon Black, a floral designer I first met when she attended the 2018 Slow Flower Summit in Washington, D.C. Hermon is based in Arlington, Virginia, where she runs a design studio serving weddings and private clients. She tells a beautiful story of growing up in East Africa in Addis Ababa, Ethiopia, where her mother allowed her to cut and arrange flowers from their garden and encouraged young Hermon in her floral design interests. I love how her journey has brought Hermon full circle back to her childhood love of flowers. It's a story which many of us can relate to. Enjoy our conversation as we discuss how Hermon developed her design studio, HB Fiori, and how she's adapted her focus due to the challenges of 2020 and the COVID-19 pandemic. Let's jump right in and get started. You can check out the show notes for today's episode 472 to see photos of Hermon and her designs and to find links to her social places. Let's get started. Welcome back to the Slow Flowers podcast with Deborah Prinzing, and I'm so excited today to introduce Hermon Black of HB Fiori, based in Arlington, Virginia. Good morning, Hermon. Good morning, Deborah. Thank you so much for having me. Oh my gosh. I'm so excited. I'm excited too. Um, well, we're on Zoom, we're looking at each other, but our listeners will hear our voices. And uh, what they'll see is I'm hoping you'll share some photos of your beautiful designs that we can put in the show notes uh, for today's episode. Absolutely. Yeah, because I've been kind of drooling over your Instagram feed this year and uh, more, <laughs> yeah, more on that later. Um, so, Herman, we met when you attended the Slow Flower Summit in Washington, D.C. in 2018, and which is like your backyard, right? Yes, yes. I'm in Arlington, which is about five, six miles away from my where I live. Oh, my gosh. That's really yes. handy. Well, I, I knew you had joined Slow Flowers, but I didn't really know much about your business. And so I've been kind of stalking you. But um, maybe give us a snapshot of your studio, HB Fiori. And HB is, are your initials. Correct. And Fiori means 
flower in flower in Italian. Okay, yeah. okay. So that's a beautiful um, kind of combination of you and your 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 practice. Um, when did you start the studio? I started the studio in 2015. Um, I started it because I was trying to find a business that I passionate about and work from home. And I did not know about the flower culture that was all around me. Um, so I blindfoldedly, A, I wanted to get access to the flower wholesalers mm. because I was tired of seeing what I was seeing uh, when I wanted to order flowers for um, new uh, um, for moms that just gave birth mm-hmm. um, or whatever it is. I was really frustrated. So how do I get access to this? Well, if you have a business, then you can get wholesalers access. access. I'm like, hmm, that sounds a great idea. Why can't I do that from home? Can I do that? I really was jumped in it without having any knowledge of what was going on. Um, but the, you know, I, that in some yeah. ways, capable women do that. Like, well, how hard can it be? I'll figure it out, right? <laughs> <laughs> yes. Um, truly, I had um, zero knowledge how that was going to unfold and what it would require me to, um, to, uh, to work on. Uh, but obviously, as soon as I get my life, like business license and I went to the wholesaler, I was a kid in a candy store. I wanted to get all of it. And, uh, <laughs> and you know, I grew up with flowers, cutting flowers from my backyard and seeing all those beautiful flowers and the, and the wholesaler was just it took you over the top. Irresistible. Yes. Yeah. yeah. Um, so, you know, it was word of mouth from like my friends all around um, my community. Um, I say that, you know, I think I'm starting. It was fall of 2015. Mm-hmm. So um, a few of my neighbors say like, hey, why don't you do the, you know, flowers for my uh, Thanksgiving table? Oh, sounds excellent. I uh, obviously did not know how to price it and pretty much gave away for free <laughs> about that. I mean, I, you know, they paid, but it was absolutely right. You know, I couldn't resist the flowers that I was seeing at the whole, the wholesaler at Potomac uh, floral wholesaler. And so I bought a lot of flowers. I used so many beautiful flowers. Um, obviously they had a lush arrangements in there um, for their Thanksgiving <laughs> table. Yeah. And, and they basically probably paid you for the flowers and the cost of the flowers, but your labor was somehow like a gift. Yes. Yeah. Not even for the flowers when you come to think about it. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, a lot of people are not trained well to think uh, flowers, what the fl- flower cost. Right. Because they're only used to going to the grocery stores and grabbing the $10 bouquet um, or so. Yep. Yeah. Um, so, you know. So the first few were kind of your practice uh, clients. Correct. <laughs> um, and so it seems like you, it's, in a way you had a parallel track. One was you're just figuring out what your design aesthetic is and how, how to turn these beautiful bunches into something you, you liked. And then the other is what is your business? Like, 
you you kind of got into it just so you could have access to flowers, but had you thought about which direction you wanted to go in your market? I think I did because I was missing having flowers in my home on a regular basis. Mm -hmm. And the ones I was getting constantly from, you know, every time I go to the grocery store, I say, you know, I pick $50 bunches and whatnot. And I was obviously not that thrilled with the quality and I tried to arrange them. Um, But my thought was to train people that they need to have flowers and gorgeous flowers in their homes on a regular basis. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> Which we would we would we would love everyone to do. And I think with COVID, maybe that's happening a little bit more. Um, I don't know. You'd be surprised. Yes. So um, you are definitely a studio florist. Uh, you you do you have a studio in your home? Yes. Yes. I converted uh, a basement part of the basement into a studio, which has and outdoor access and everything. Mm. Um, so I converted it, that into a studio. And, um, and you, are your kids still at home? Is that what, one reason why that worked really well rather than going into retail? Um, yeah, I mean, like my kids are 14 and nine now. Oh. Yes, for this, at this moment, they are studying from home. It's virtual <laughs> learning. Of course. <laughs> it, it's like home offices in every part of the house. We all are on different setting right now right 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 um at that time actually 2015 was the year my younger went to elementary school Mm. so then I knew that I could commit into doing something Mm. Mm. that sounds great so um give us a snapshot of HB Fiori now like what are your you know without COVID in the calculation for example last year what were your uh, how did your pies slice up? Like what were, what were your design uh, commissions and what did you put your energy into? I put my energy into subscriptions and I had um, great, great relationships with uh, some large um, department stores. Um, so holidays and events and uh, as well as weddings mm-hmm. Um, you know, where we live, there are a lot of galas and, um, we have big, um, bar mitzvah Mm -hmm. parties, Mm -hmm. uh, that seems to be maybe a lot of where my community is, I seem to be doing more of that. Um, and yeah, like fundraisers and, Mm -hmm. um, wow. Office building, um subscriptions, uh, like a weekly, bi-weekly. Oh, so, so like a, like a law firm would have you bring an arrangement to the front desk kind of thing. Yes. I thought when you said subscription, it was maybe for individuals, but is it a combination? That as well. Oh, okay. Yes. Wow. Wow. Yeah. So how did you kind of, you, you get these flowers and, you know, you're loving them. You're, they remind you of the ones you cut as a, as a young girl in your garden. Um, where did you pick up your design aesthetic? And and I, I have to say, I just love watching your feed. Your your color sensibility and the way you combine textures is so romantic and so beautiful. Um, yeah. Do you feel like you just ex- like taught yourself, or did you take classes? Or I absolutely taught myself. 
I, as I said, when I started arranging flowers, when I think seven, I'm, I remember like, you know, being outside and cutting flowers when I was seven. And my mom just um, sensed that I had that desire mm-hmm. and she was happy to buy the pimp fronds. We lived in East Africa. So all those things were very customized. You can't find, go out and find them anywhere. And, you know, she would have, you know. She literally bought you like professional tools to arrange with. (laughs) Yeah, she would find like, you know, some um, Italian store that has the one and only because at that time as well, it was a communist country. So Mm -hmm. a lot of the things were reminiscing of like the, you know, from the previous uh, regime uh, or regime. Yes. So they'll find from either like, you know, um, an embassy that had left and whatever way. So my (laughs) mom had a passion as well for like vases, crystals, and she collected those. So we had that connection that I was the only one that could touch her precious collections and I could put in like beautiful flowers. So she noticed that. So she would buy me tools and I go out and cut pretty much. Uh, I remember cutting uh, pomegranate as they were like budding. Mm-hmm. And my mom was like, well, what are you going to do with that? That doesn't, you know, it's not a flower. And but I don't know, it looks pretty, doesn't it? Like, you know, it was just, I just experimented mm. a lot. Wow. I just cut anything and create something. And it was, I was supposed to be doing that on there like weekly, like mm-hmm. it was Saturday for lunch table, we would have like a flower arrangement, a fresh one. And she would ask me to arrange some for church. So that was just like something we I did with my mother at home. Mm-hmm. You were naturally uh, just, it was in your DNA if you were doing it as a child. So as an adult, when you decided to check out flowers as an industry, it wasn't, you weren't frightened by it. You kind of just came naturally. Yeah, I just wanted to get products and like, <laughs> I'm going to see how, you know, what is the new look at what, what is attracting me, mm-hmm. attracting me at the moment kind of thing. And um, how did, yeah, how did you uh, kind of branch out from shopping at a wholesaler to maybe exploring local sources like local farms and getting involved in slow flowers? Like what led you down that path? So I was, I was like, there's got to be somewhere this flowers grow locally. Mm-hmm. And I just, you know, you Google and Google and I find that Holly Chapel was, Holly Chapel was just starting um, the, the farm. Oh, Hope Farm in the Virginia. Hope farm. And she was having um, a workshop one evening. So I went out there. And I was smitten to buy everything. How far you know, is, because she's, she's in Virginia too. How far is that from you? She is. She's about 45 minutes away from okay. where I live. I'm very close to the city. Okay. Um, so I just loved it. Mm. Yeah, I was you were in. <laughs> I was in. And I heard somebody saying, I think it was an Eminem, um, 
farm was there, I believe. Mm. And she talked about her farm in Maryland. Mm. And I was like, there are others. There's more. (laughs) (laughs) How do I get into this? And um, I followed Holly and with her and with her like different um, posts. And uh, Instagram is the great way that Mm -hmm. connects you. And I think Kelly Shore, I met her at one of Holly Chapel's events. And as I was following her, I started to hear. I actually, before I even met Kelly, I found out about Slow Flowers and I signed up because you had all the different farms from all parts of the country. And I loved seeing what was being produced in here. Um, and then when I find out about Kelly, I was following her and slow flower summit. And then I really became close with Kelly and mm. start following everything she was doing and connecting us with the farmers, the events at the farms. Um, that was just how I yeah. guess. Whole- there's kind of a, uh, geographically, the Maryland and Virginia farms are all pretty uh, accessible to you, right? They are. They yeah. are very accessible. So I now, luckily for with this pandemic, what the silver lining for me was that I was able to spend time with the farmers, was going and picking up my uh, products when, you know, and I was able to go to all the different ones on all, you know, for. And by direct, right? Yeah, diversifying it as on a you know regular basis, and some of I know right, right when co- everything shut down with COVID, I, I most wholesalers in the country ceased operations. So florists were kind of freaking out, and I think in some ways on the other side of it, the farmers were freaking out. Like, okay, well we can't sell to those who did sell to the wholesalers didn't have a a channel, so it it forced them to all growers to seek out florists, and it forced florists to seek out in you know nearby farmers so it sounds like and also you had more time probably you know to drive out to these rural areas you know luckily that we with the this connection that we had formed we were bonded so well with all of them we follow each other we are in whether it's on instagram messaging we start to to we're connected Mm -hmm. on, on a we have a strong connection so right away, obviously, when everything shut down and I start to see how the, obviously I say like, um, you know, canceling all services, obviously all the offices, everyone was shutting down. So I got all the emails, whether the different, um, I got all the cancellation emails. Mm-hmm. Um, and then, you know, some of the private homes hadn't said much, but at the same time, nobody wants to receive. There was that all that fear unknown, what's happening. So I um, suspended all service. And it was more of like for foreseeable see foreseeable future because we were right. So so you were you had your clients were concerned about like just hygiene and, and contact and all of that. So you had to stop delivering flowers. Yes. Did you, and you thought it was just that it was going to be like that for the rest of the year, or did you just have no idea? You know, I say until mid April, 
in maybe in May. Um, but mm. once I started seeing what was happening to the flowers, it was just like one of those things, like I was all observed, all self-centered and just worrying about like staying healthy. And you start to see how, what the wholesalers had to do with all their products. And then, oh my goodness, all my friends, I love the, um, Grateful gardeners, Sarah mm-hmm. and Tom are, you know, wonderful friends. And I know I follow them so well that I know their process 24 seven and, you know, with, um, with, um, plant masters mm-hmm. and while I'm garden, I know their process. I'm like, I have seen them in the winter, what they were doing, how they were preparing. And it was just a wake up thing that, Oh my goodness, all of that thing that has been planted and that they have been working on, what is going to happen? It was literally like a shock. And um, and it was one of like, you know, we kind of chatted and what do you guys have? And I say to my clients, like, I am starting to do some delivery. If you're, you know, if you like to receive, please let me know. Um and I will use every precaution to keep it as, mm-hmm. you know, I'll make sure that I'm healthy, I'm covered. I'm, you know, right. I'm going to arrange the flowers with my face mask and gloves and I'll cover the, you know, once I arrange the flowers, I made sure that they were going to be covered when they're delivered so that they somehow, I did not breathe on them. <laughs> oh my goodness. Right. Somehow. Right. So we, you know, we promised all of that process and it was healthy for me too. It was therapeutical food. Like absolutely something. Um, I've seen some of the um, events that or like farm visits that you've done um, on Instagram. And I, I I mean, I, I'm the same thing is happening with me whenever I can get out on a farm, uh, like my spirit lifts and, (laughs) you know, it's wide open space. And like, we're all socially distanced anyway, because it's acres, not just like the grocery store (laughs) shopping aisle. Right. Yeah. Yeah. That's so yeah, funny. I made sure that people would understand I'm going to the farms, picking up this from the farmers and it's going to be as safe as possible. And um, then I just drove around. My children were like, mom, you're going to, you know, you're living on, what, what were they saying? Like, yeah, you're risking your life or something. <laughs> I know. Well, my children always used to accuse me of loving my garden more than them. And, you know, of course it wasn't true, but I could see where sometimes they were felt like they were the second choice of my attention. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. They're like, you know, all of the neighbors are watching how often you've been going and leaving the house. (laughs) Yeah. All right. But but the, the nice thing is for working moms, when we do take our kids on these excursions with us, I think they, I think, you know, it's good for them. They see that their, their mother has a career and uh, is entrepreneurial. And I think also in their older, when they get older, they'll have an appreciation for flowers and plants. I hope so. Yes. (laughs) Even though maybe they hate it right now. (laughs) Yes. Because they're bombarded, but um, Mm. especially the youngest one seems to He'd make comments and so is the older one. They both, uh, but more so the younger one, because I can actually 
force him to do yeah. go places with me. Yeah. Whereas my older one will say, mom, I don't have to go because I can stay home. And the little one, you can't stay home. You have to follow mom. <laughs> yeah. I'll allow you to watch, you know, movies or what. Well, everything's changed because it seems like you probably did a lot of your, um, <clears throat> a lot of your design work or, or errands or, you know, deliveries when they were in school. And now, right. now you don't have that kind of block of time either. So they get to see an action. Yeah. 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 So do you have a, um, did you study art uh, before you got into floral, floral design? I feel like you must've had some interesting path before 2015 that you, um, when you went for it and got a business license. Yeah. Um, so I was in retail management and the way I got into retail was because I wanted to study a fashion and wanted to move to New York from DC. Um, so I started working for Bloomingdale's um, to, in the hopes to be transferred to mm. New York. <clears throat> and I would go to Pacer to study fashion and interior designing. Um, but that whole did not work the way it had planned it and stayed sure. with, um, with the Bloomingdale's fine jewelry and just managing as a branch manager mm-hmm. and running the business. Wow. But there's a, there's a thread of connection there with your business. You know, how you, how you know, you know, numbers, you're not afraid of numbers. <laughs> you have customer service skills because if you're selling fine jewelry, it's all about the customer, right? Correct, yes. And you have a design sensibility. So, you know, I think fashion and interior design influences are showing up in your styling because you're thinking about, you know, whatever fashion trends are influencing you with the palette or whatever, but also you have have an understanding of where the flowers are going to go in someone's home and in their interiors, right? I mean, it seems like a good connection. That's where one thing I loved about subscription is I get to use different shapes of uh, bases or sizes of bases so that sometimes you switch it, it would be on your console, console on your um, um, foyer mm-hmm. rather than on your dining table or kitchen yeah. table. Um, so we can switch it up. Um, are you and using I, Are you using your vases or the client's vases or a combination? A combination. Mm-hmm. Most of the time, my own vases, but there are a couple of uh, clients that have that I love. Mm-hmm. <laughs> so, mm-hmm. Yeah, I love them. You know, they're precious crystals, mm-hmm. and I love the fact that they're willing to use them. And I'm like, you know, live life. <laughs> it probably brings you back to the memories of using your mother's crystal vases, like. True, let's, true, true. Yes. let's enjoy this instead of putting it behind a glass covered door, right? I am that person. Yes. Oh, I love it. <laughs> so now um, I'm sure that you're charging appropriately for your flowers. How, how, are, how is there. that? Yeah. Like I know we all are getting there, right? Like how do you, uh, any tips or tricks on like how you calculate uh, the pricing or, I mean, if you've, if you've taken class from, classes from Holly Chapel, I'm sure she's taught you her pricing methods. Yes. Um, I Marking up the individual stamps, the uh, 3.5% mm-hmm. or mm-hmm. so. Mm-hmm. Um, and um, 
yeah. Um, I, I wonder also if you have a, a people with a regular subscription and like they they're paying you a flat amount every week, then you have to yeah. almost like reverse engineer the like sure. that math yeah. equation, right? Yes. So that is it's a flat rate with most. I mean, there's there's like you know the small, the medium, and the large, mm-hmm. and that has become more helpful now. Um, to price, I mean, like it was, how could I do small for, you know, $85? How could I charge a customer small for $85? But, you know, you put it out there and um, there's going to be a client that will appreciate it and right. that would um, understand it. Right. And it seems like you train your clients. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. In order and, to get that, yeah, um, and, and and when you look at what is in the marketplace, you know you're you're kind of in the competitive range too, because there's probably people charging more than you and people charging less than you for yeah a small yeah it, more so like on a people that are charging lesser mm-hmm. And, mm-hmm. and um and I you know at one point I tried to, to tell myself it's you price, you price yourself, you, you know, your values yes. and it's, it's not competition. And it also is like, I will, I rather grow slow rather than like the quantity of work. I rather do like a quality work. Mm-hmm. And I I've also felt like it's doing favor to the industry and to my fellow florists that they will dare to price their, um, arrangements accordingly if they mm-hmm. see somebody's pricing it up <clears throat> accordingly i don't think we're pricing it up you know it's not price gouging whatsoever no i agree with you you're you're trying to cover your costs and build in a you know some kind of profit margin which you're probably reinvesting in the business just to you know right. build up your own inventory and your training and your marketing i mean it's just it's it's probably harder to sell flowers than it was to sell fine jewelry. I don't know. What do you say? I, yeah, I agree because even when you're uh, consulting with clients for their events, for their weddings, um, they will question why and how. And it's just kind of like the appreciation has lost mm-hmm. in the, by the client's um, and you have to build that up. I think at one point, I remember one of the good thing about Hallie Chapa, something she said to me was me by not pricing properly, how it affects the industry. Mm. Mm-hmm. And it was an eye opener. I was like, yeah, I'm not, I'm not benefiting. I'm not benefiting, you know. The industry, people are expecting to speak to the newer floors in town and get the, you know, yeah, pretty discounts. much the freebie. Yeah. yeah. I see that a lot with um, the difference, consumer attitudes between what they pay at a farmer's market and then what they uh, would pay a designer, you know, a professional designer is, there's a disconnect there in terms of understanding that there's a dollar dollar value on 
all that the designer does to create an arrangement. Whereas a farmer is selling um, a bouquet as a, you know, field to count, you know, field to farmer's market thing that there is some design involved, but mostly it's like a recipe um, that they're doing every week. Right. Not to disparage Mm -hmm. that, but I, you know, it's a different product. Right. And I say that if they have the access to the, the, to the farmer, um, you know, then go and save money. Mm-hmm. But if if it's just every other industry, if you're the you know person that's sourcing it, there is all that your time, your energy, your expertise that goes into it, picking up as you're putting sitting down and placing your order. So it's just kind of like respecting um, each other's time. Like if you're willing to pay your graphic designer then why not think about your florist time yes exactly i like and expertise that. yeah <laughs> that's brilliant so okay so you bear we, we're kind of here in september we're kind of holding it together for 2020 are you already <laughs> are you already kind of looking at 2021 and hoping that maybe um, some of the weddings and events that you had been doing that kind of level of of client uh request will come back or, you know, are you still in the midst of trying to reconnect with some of your subscription clients and getting them back on board? Um, yeah, obviously that, um, I have been connecting with some of the weddings that were canceled and letting them know that I'm here. Um, you know, let's connect, let's chat. Um, I use HoneyBook, which has been very helpful. They came up with the COVID-19 customer outreach um, templates. Oh, interesting. Yeah, it was very helpful because sometimes you just get caught up. Like, what do I say? How do I approach this? And so I have been sending my my brides, um, just letting them know that we're here and... um, yeah, with just like staying, um, staying afloat and like and just in motion and um, and I just um, I'm just hoping for the better and mm-hmm. just being, mm-hmm. yeah. yeah. You made a comment to me before we started recording about planning and what happens when you plan. I want. I think we need to share that advice with people. Um, you plan. I, you know, I'm a believer that I will plan, but the plan might not unfold the way I had planned it and be willing to go along and make the best of it. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And I think we have to be adaptable or we just get stuck in, in kind of that fear and immobilization that, you know, holds us back. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, yeah. I, I think I have the experience of like my plans have not always worked, but I see the failure as the reason why I'm doing what I'm doing right now. The good things mm-hmm. are happening. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah. So, I mean, that's a, I guess that's the skill set that uh, an entrepreneur, need, entrepreneur needs to have is like constantly questioning, is this working? 
if it doesn't feel right, what can I change? And, you know, just, you know, we're so all sick of that word pivot, but like we're having to realign and reassess constantly because the marketplace has changed and consumers have changed. Correct. Yes. It's, it's, um, it's hard to predict what to expect in the following years. Um, it's kind of heartbreaking to see loss of jobs and um, loss of life, obviously. Um, but how are we going to climb up that where we were at and how, how long is that going to take? And we have to be willing to go along with mm-hmm. that pace. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Flowers do help lift, lift us. At least we're working with a a category, a a beautiful, something beautiful in a category of design that um, inspires us. And I know, I know like if I can just get lost in the flowers for an hour with my cell phone turned off, of course, you know, then I can really relax. And I'm sure when you're designing, you have the same reaction. Absolutely. And one thing that I noticed now is um, the, how people are so kind to one another. Mm-hmm. I have seen a lot of kindness, a lot of uh, thoughtfulness towards one another. And this that I have been doing a lot of um, just because, or you know, happy birthdays and just friends getting together and you know putting money together and say like, can you do some beautiful arrangement for a friend who's celebrating a birthday or whatever it is and. Um, Last week was a woman from Baltimore. Her mom, her aunt was staying in a hotel nearby. And um, because her her cousin was in a hospital and they just wanted to wish their aunt, um, just sent her a good wish and good vibe. Mm-hmm. And, um, Through flowers. Yeah, such a heartwarming to mm. see that level of thoughtfulness to one another and such, you know, I sometimes I feel like, am I saying this because I love flowers? But (laughs) there is like something that when you receive flowers, you absolutely feel how deep the the love and the the kindness that that the person that's sending it to you has put in the thing that, you know, you deserve flowers. I think it's just, it's uh, fabulous. Yeah. And you're the you're the person, the catalyst for making that happen because you're in, you're in a way the interpreter between the giver and the receiver. Yeah, yeah, and it feels good to be that messenger. Yeah, whether it, yeah, it's beautiful, celebrate life, whatever it is, the, the occasion. Wow. Well, this has been really fun. It's fun to reconnect um, because. We're on opposite coasts. Yes. <laughs> well, this has been so much fun connecting and, and hearing about mm-hmm. what you're doing with HB Fiori. And uh, it's impressive that you've done this in five, in just five years, kind of from an idea. And I, I think that it'll inspire others who are listening. Oh, thank you very much. I feel like I'm a very slow, prog- I'm making a very slow progress, but at least I wanted to see the business from every aspect mm-hmm. and grow and make it. Mm-hmm. But like bigger. you said, like you said, s- slow growth in, is sustainable. Like you're not going to 
burn yourself out or deplete your resources if you're gro- growing at the rate that feels right for you and your lifestyle. So yes. yeah, that's the thing. I sometimes find myself questioning how come I'm not flourishing the way, but I self-assess and say, this is the pace that it's, that's working for me and mm-hmm. self-acceptance. <laughs> exactly. We all need more of that. Well, yeah. we are going to accept you and we love you. And um, I'm- Thank you, Karen. I love it too. I love you. I love you. <laughs> You've been such a gift to our industry, truly. Like I- Oh, it's, thanks. It's a privilege. It, it inspires me and motivates me to do more. Oh, thanks. Thanks, Herman. That's wonderful. I'm so excited that you'll send me some photos that I can use in the show notes so people can meet you Absolutely. and your flowers and learn how to follow you and track what you're doing. Since we are also remote, we have to rely on social media a little bit. So Thank you. Thanks so much Thank for being a so guest. Much. You made it so easy. Thank you. <laughs> you bet. I loved it. I was it. nervous. <laughs> oh, you were great. It was fun. Thank you. Okay. See you later. Yeah. Bye-bye. Bye. Thank you so much for joining me today. I'm so encouraged by the conversations I record to share with listeners of the Slow Flowers podcast. We are in complicated times, friends, and there's so much stress and pressure, uncertainty and worry facing each of us. I hope you find comfort in being part of our larger community, our community of people who care about the planet, about equity for all, and about the importance of nurturing our creativity. Hey, and I've got a bonus, uh, podcast for you to listen to this week. I was a guest on a podcast recently called Calm the Chaos, hosted by Deborah Vall. She's a life coach. And Deborah invited me to come and talk about the Slow Flowers journey and how I, um, I guess, pursued uh, my purpose and passion by uh, creating Slow Flowers. So I'll have a link in our show notes for you to listen to that podcast if you're interested. Our next sponsor thanks goes to Syndicate Sales, an American manufacturer of vases and accessories for the professional florist. Look for the American flag icon to find Syndicate's USA-made products and join the Syndicate Stars loyalty program at syndicatesales.com. The Slow Flowers podcast has been downloaded more than 643,000 times by listeners like you. Thank you for listening, commenting, and sharing. It means so much. As our movement gains more supporters and more passionate participants who believe in the importance of the American cut flower industry, the momentum is contagious. I know you feel it too. I value your support and invite you to show your thanks with a donation to support my ongoing advocacy, education, and outreach activities. You can find the donate button in the column to the right at deborahprinzing.com. Our final sponsor thanks goes to Johnny's Selected Seeds, an employee-owned company that provides our industry the best flower, herb, and vegetable seeds supplied to farms large and small, and even to backyard cutting gardens like mine. Find the full catalog of flower seeds and bulbs at johnnysseeds.com. I'm Deborah Prinzing, host and producer of the Slow Flowers Podcast. Next week, you're invited to join me in putting more American-grown flowers on the table. 
one vase at a time. And if you like what you hear, please consider logging onto iTunes and posting a listener review. The content and opinions expressed here are either mine alone or those of my guests alone, independent of any podcast sponsor or other person, company, or organization. The Slow Flowers Podcast is engineered and edited by Andrew Brenlin. Learn more about his work at soundbodymovement.com. Thank you.